0: Dr. Kimberly Moffat is back in the house. Of course, she's the Associate Professor of American Studies at the University of Maryland, Baltimore County, co-editor of *Blackberries and Red Bones, Critical Articulations of Black Hair Body Politics in Africana Communities, and the Obama 2.0 Effect Multidisciplinary Renderings of the 2008 Campaign. Kalima Young is a lecturer in Electronic and Media Studies at Towson University and the University of Maryland College Park, where she's about to receive her Ph.D. in American Studies and Dr. Nathan Connolly, who is the Herbert Baxter Adams Associate Professor of History, who wrote the book, A World More Concrete, Real Estate and the Remaking of the Jim Crow South. He also wrote the article in The Hollywood Reporter, How Black Panther Taps into 500 Years of History. Welcome, folks. Good to have you all with us. How many times have you seen it since we last spoke?
1: <laughs> I, I, I've not seen it yet, but I've, I want to, so I, I need Me to too. get out there. Yeah.
2: I'm going to see it again tomorrow, me but too. I feel like with all of the cacophony, I've seen it a
3: million freaking times. <laughs> I've seen it twice now.
0: Twice, all right. So let me just start here in a place that my dear sister to my left will not like. <laughs> but I got to just start here before we get into meeting some other stuff. Okay. Uh, my sister Kalima, I'm talking about, since so you can't see who I'm talking about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you were reading, Kimberly about Breitbart, that right-wing newspaper that spawned all those nasty white people in the White House. <laughs> and and who is this clown that wrote the piece, and what did he say?
3: Um, this is, he, he wrote a piece last <laughs> week on the film in which he claimed that um, Trump was, in fact, um, T'Challa. And so this is by um, John Nolte, who has written another piece uh, following up on having seen the film uh, apparently a couple of times, where he his his thesis for this article says that if T'Challa is Trump, Killmonger is Black Lives Matter.
1: Mm. Mm. Lord mm. have mercy. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so we got to talk about how art <laughs> goes out there and comes back with all these interpretations. <laughs> Attached to it. Um, and, yeah, and, and is there something in that violent misreading that we should be worried about? Yeah. yeah.
2: I just wonder how many people take his analysis seriously. Yeah. How many people on that website actually take it as sound analysis or not because it's so outside of the realm of common sense. Right in terms of the story itself and everything that we know. So I just wonder if he's just writing what he thinks is a truism, but what really is just satire. Right. Diabolical, evil, Mm. violent satire.
1: Right, right.
2: Because that's what it sounds like, its violent satire. And I wonder if the people who read those things and who go to that website, if they actually understand the difference.
1: So I think people probably take it very seriously. and I don't know, you know where Breitbart ranks relative to you know, other news sources, um, but, but we do know that there is chatter from the left in the blogosphere that has you know, made a lot of critiques about Killmonger's characterization. A lot of the more durable arguments have talked about the fact that Killmonger felt like a two-dimensional character. A lot of folks on the right treat Black Lives Matter like a two-dimensional there movement. They don't understand the gendered aspects. They don't understand the immigration policy. They don't understand its stance on citizenship and, and rights, nonviolent direct action, so on and so forth. So, you know, the, the, the point is, if, if there are ways in which the film might have offered stereotypes of African Americans... Um, and I think some of that critique does stick, then we ought not be surprised that people on the right will then take that up and run with it, even if it seems absurd. To uh, and, Especially in this case, for this, for this metaphor to work, you have to believe T'Challa is Trump, which is mm. the, the most absurd <laughs> <laughs> part of that formulation. right? Um, but, but, the, but the Killmonger piece as Black Lives Matter is not entirely a stretch, because if you think about hmm. Killmonger's father, Unjobu, You know, he was. What it seemed like he was doing was amassing weapons and and planning some kind of military action, which is what many people on the right believe Mm -hmm. Black Lives Matter to do, even if that's not what they're doing. Representing violence. Representing violence. Exactly. So, so the misrepresentation of Black Lives Matter on the right Mm -hmm. makes it consonant with how the film may have depicted Mm -hmm. Killmonger and his father. Well, and even on it. I never thought about that. (laughs) You're so smart. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Seriously, thank you for that. No problem, no problem. And even on a
3: very base level, because I think you're giving that population... A lot of credit. A lot more credit (laughs) to be as smart and as intellectual as you're making the uh, discussion. I think it also is as base as this one is our hero and this one is our villain right right and so right. if I can create the polarity that Trump represents this hero then black lives matter easily becomes this go-to villain for us Indeed. to look to Indeed. and talk about how problematic it is mm-hmm. right and so as you were saying with all of the um, with all of the commentary being made about Killmonger and how problematic his character is then it does easily tie into showing us how easily problematic black lives matter is as Mm -hmm. well Mm -hmm.
4: Mm -hmm.
2: it would be interesting though for us to lay out all of the arguments or at least here put out some of the arguments that people have said in terms of killmonger and what he represents because i think that there are so many different interpretations what are some of these violences that they're saying make killmonger a bad
1: vil- a, a, a villain, yeah. A bad, a bad treatment. Yeah. Um, so, as, as you know, we talked about before the the piece in the Boston Review by Chris Lebron, which I think has had close to three hundred thousand hits at this point. Um, it really has just gained a lot of traction. You know, his point is about um, you know the the way that Killmonger is represented as a, a stereotypically violent Black revolutionary with very little formal well thought out ideology very little plan of execution he's just kind of angry for reasons that seem to be unclear um and he's a counterpoint to this vision of african nobility that you get in the treatment of t'challa and his family right so that so Mm -hmm. african nobility effectively cancels out black rage Mm -hmm. um in that treatment you have somebody like daryl scott who wrote a piece in the hollywood reporter that is, you know, very clear. I think the language that we um, had heard earlier when, when Kim had read it was he's an unparented, uh, right. un-parented African-American rage, right? right? The idea there being that the absence of parents is what drives his animus in ways that, you know, we can't ever resolve. He can, there's no converting this person. He's, again, unredeemable. I,
3: I, that is exactly where I was we'll going, We'll go there Mark. in a minute, but
1: go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Um, and then, and then, and then, and then the, other, the other criticism is, you know, one about Killmonger as being a, a kind of flat representation of American empire, and that it, the film doesn't do enough to really have an anti-imperial politic, but instead simply makes Killmonger a kind of extension of the American war machine, which again is a kind of flat treatment mm-hmm. of him. And so it, it, in none of these examples, you get a sense of, of Killmonger as one, a three-dimensional character with an, with an interior world. And I, and I actually think that people have missed Michael B. Jordan's performance in really important ways. But, yeah. but just, again, to your point, Kalima, to put the argument out there, mm-hmm. the idea is that you know, Killmonger is flat, Killmonger is stereotype, Killmonger as affirmation of black culture poverty. All of that is left, for to the minds of many viewers, insufficiently explored and resolved. And do
3: you think that comes from us again, um, being able to critique what we are most familiar with Mm. and that that is one of those tropes that we consistently see and so we can easily identify it and we then hone in on that Mm. without recognizing and paying attention to some of the other depth and nuances that are happening in in his character and in the film. Yeah,
1: I, th- I think I think that's right. I mean, so there, there are a lot of visual cues for Killmonger, right? So the right. first time you see him, you see him from the rear, mm-hmm. and his pants are sagging, mm-hmm. right? And, mm-hmm. and, and and he's wearing, you know, these Tims, and it's mm-hmm. like, you know, you look you look at him as somebody, even though he's wearing spectacles, right? He's represented as a thug. The hair is there, mm-hmm. um, and his language is very v- black vernacular. And, mm-hmm. and so the idea is that you're supposed to read him, as somebody who's a thug, and then you know we talked before about the physicality of his body, and that again makes him a kind of brutish figure. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know th- there is the scene where he assumes the throne after legitimately challenging you know T'Challa to, to the right to the throne, where the entire shot is on upside down, right? The world that's on yeah. his head mm-hmm. to have a Black American in, in the yeah. throne of an African kingdom. So in all those mm-hmm. ways, it's like he's just wrong. Like, come on, yeah. <laughs> he's just wrong. He's just <laughs> positioned <laughs> as wrong, <laughs> as wrong, in, 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 in all kinds of ways. And then of course. There's there's the violence against the elderly black woman who is the caretaker of the heart-shaped herb, yeah. um, which is seen to, to have no justification whatsoever. So he's clearly all
3: lines can be crossed. All lines
1: are crossed exactly. Right. No, no, no respect for for the elderly. So again, there's a there. And there are other moments, obviously, as well with him. But the but the point is that he's supposed to have an, no redeemable qualities at all. Um, and you know, but
3: that's not true.
1: Exactly, exactly. That's not true. But. Um, I, Killing I feel like you want you want to jump in here.
2: I am just marveling, and this is going to sound silly. Yeah. Um. But the way that we are unpacking this text. Yeah. And unpacking Killmonger as a villain. Yeah. In a superhero movie. <laughs> from Marvel Mm -hmm. I did not hear Red Skull critique this way I've never heard Loki critique this way we are not going to hear Thanos critique this way we're not going to hear the Father and Guardians of the Galaxy critique this way it's just so interesting right that we have this text and we've got to go deep when we really are just watching a comic book movie Mm -hmm. it really is But I think it's just, I know it has all the deepness, right? Because I'm here with y'all. I'm here with y'all. But as a fangirl who reads comics and is going to Awesome Con in three weeks and all these things, I've never heard the villains in a Marvel movie or a DC movie critiqued and taken in with so much care right. to show what they've represented.
0: And that just talks about what this text is. It mm-hmm. also
3: talks about the dearth of our representation.
2: Exactly. Right. Yeah. At the the at,
0: dearth. At, and and it talks about what this movie means on the scene at this moment. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. you know, And what it's doing to society and people wanting to see it and why they want to see it, the power of it. Yeah. Because of the dearth, mm-hmm. because of the racist nature of our world, mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what makes this happen. Because right?
2: I'm thinking about Red Skull. I'm thinking about this <laughs> horrible villain who's killing these people, who's just like a horrible Nazi who well, that, just did some well, of the worst things. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Two dimensional mm-hmm. as hell. Right, just, right. Just a comic book villain. Comic book villains are supposed to be two dimensional. But when you have the significance of this particular text and its singular importance as a representation of blackness in comic books and, like, money behind it, mm-hmm. it takes on so much more. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm marveling at. Yeah. That's so just pun intended. what I'm marveling at. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. No pun intended because <laughs> I said Marvel three times. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah, yeah, And I'm a DC girl. <laughs> Are you really? I am. Oh, my goodness. Don't even. Right? You
1: All right. It? No, I have no, I have no <laughs> beef <laughs> okay. with DC at all. all, right, I, all right. I just don't F with them. That's all. You know <laughs> what? You know what? Outside, yo. Outside. <laughs> no, the um, we, no, I, I think, I think, I think, Klima raises a really powerful point, and um, you know, the, the thing about these representations, and and I think this is a, a, a sign too about the amount of buy-in for this film, is people believe it should be accountable. Right, people believe that the art form should be accountable, and especially to American black viewers, because let's just be very clear, like this is the audience that's driving this film's profound success. Right? It's right. it's it's black Americans who are going to see the film, many of whom have never really been involved in the comic scene, but who see something in this movie. And, you know, the, the way that people are responding to it, I, I think is positive, but it's also deeply embedded in African American history, kind of broadly understood, right? And that, you know, people are looking for great and it's beyond slavery they're looking for representations of a black future that's not simply confined mm-hmm. to what, whatever America wants to elect to give black people and so it, we shouldn't be surprised that there are going to be some voices that say, you know what let's just look at the treatment of African Americans specifically and ask if we're satisfied mm-hmm. by their representation mm-hmm. and, and, and and I think it's it's a it's a fair question to ask if you're satisfied or dissatisfied with the depiction of black Americans in a film like black Parents. I don't think that's beyond the pale. I think I think some people are judging, a, like you, you're pointing to Kalima, a comic book movie, too harshly, and they're seeing, you know, to Kim's point, a uh, kind of familiarity that they're uncomfortable with mm-hmm. in, in terms of the stereotyping. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the, the, the fact of being able to ask the question is... A good thing, and, and and it's and it's you know I think hopefully going to push the genre in directions. I, I actually think that Thanos is going to be quite three dimensional. To be clear, I think what they're doing now with motion capture is going to be amazing. And he, unlike many villains, has got an actual body of work for this is the, they're going to be the villain for the Infinity War but piece.
2: he only wants the Infinity Gauntlet to impress his girlfriend.
1: <laughs> like, I, 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 that I, 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 is the silliest <laughs>
2: storyline in the world.
1: It is, it is. But I think they, they, they've also deepened him um, since that, that that book. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. yeah. When, mm. In any event. <laughs> (laughs) I
3: I am very appreciative of um, wanting to... For us to have conversations about our complexity, yeah. right, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and that the experience of being black in this country doesn't look the same, doesn't follow the same trajectory for all of us. Mm-hmm. I think that's so important as a conversation. Right. So I'm always appreciative when we are having these types of discussions. But I think it's also interesting, which we don't talk so much about, is this um, binary of of you know what it means to be black... Um, where we've got African-Americans and Africans, right, Right. almost pitted against each other. Mm -hmm. Whereas for me, watching and experiencing the movie, I'm thinking of blackness in this global context. Yes, yes, um, yes. That I was, and again, Mm. I'm sure that this is connected to the fact that I had these two brown children sitting next to me, right, Mm -hmm. who were getting to see and experience this representation on screen that, that was just like, you know, an average or a typical movie the outing it wasn't a special event that they get to enjoy and engage and so for me just the aesthetics of seeing black bodies on screen and seeing how they engage how they move how they show us how smart they are and what their capabilities are that that satisfied my soul in many respects that what i did find interesting is the conversation to at least start this um, piece about the difference or the um, tensions that exist between or among the African diaspora, but I was so caught up in seeing what I saw on screen that I didn't allow that to mm. cause me a great deal of dissonance.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is probably how many people saw it. I mean, I think that mm. when you watch the interviews of the actors themselves, mm-hmm. they over and over again talk about what it felt like to be... In those scenes, mm-hmm. with a majority black cast and lots of black folks in the crew, and just being surrounded—the waterfall scene—they talk about a lot mm-hmm. about what that, what happened in the middle midst of shooting that scene, and mm. all these people dressed in vibrant colors and mm-hmm. dancing and moving and talking together and jiving in between scenes, and
4: mm-hmm. and
0: what that felt like. And that, to me, came through yeah. in this film. You know, Bob Wisdom, who played mm-hmm. Bunny Colvin on The Wire, is an old friend we did a lot of acting together back in the 80s and um well, we did some acting not a lot we did some acting we've been friends for a long time but Bob anyway he was saying that similar thing when he was on the wire he said everyone, in, in one TV production had there been so many black folks in one place at one time
4: <laughs> acting yes.
0: in a TV show yes. and what that meant for the people on that the set energy. and how that came through in many ways in the art itself mm-hmm. because of what that power meant mm-hmm. and right. that power I think was exuded and was felt by the people in the audience watching it because it was felt so deeply by the actors Acting it—that's right. That yeah. and
3: Chadwick um, um, Bozeman has has alluded to that, right, in terms mm-hmm. of his own experiences going um, to school in an HBCU. Um, you know, I got to shout out Howard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but as a—I mean, the fact that he talks about that as being such a core part of his experience that he pays almost pays homage to, in terms of what he then is able to carry out for us on screen, I think is very real. That that connectedness, mm-hmm. that sense of solidarity or community, fellowship, I mean, yeah fellowship that exists he was able to transport from this one place that he experienced as an undergraduate student to even on the big screen or you know on the set with all of these other fabulous black actors Mm -hmm. this is
2: an example of what marina marina gonic calls a decolonized screen and Black Panther is definitely one of those. And the decolonized screen is this concept in film studies of what happens when you have the voices of the outliers as the the central, the ones that are playing the central access in the piece. What does it do when they're the story makers, when they are the cameramen, when they are, even if it's in a vehicle that is uh, funded or created for, by the majority, what often ends up happening is that decolonized screen and what is essential to that is that feeling of fellowship that comes through. You can hear the same conversation that Patty Jenkins had talking about the scenes that she saw, shot in Wonder Woman mm. with the women on mm. the mascara mm. and all of the Amazons mm. and there were female camera people and female warriors and boom all of them across these many different ways and this is what happens when you take the outliers and the outliers are placed in the center. Mm-hmm. And that feeling comes through, and you watch it, and that's why it feels so good to the audience because it felt so good to
1: them. Yeah, this this is an amazing conversation mm-hmm. um, because you know I'm thinking about some of the pieces that I responded most most positively to, and, and why they're kind of resonating with what's been said here. You know, there's this really great book by historian Nikhil Singh called Black is a Country, Mm -hmm. right? And it it talks about the formation of, you know, radical movements around the world and the importance of, you know, the Americas and, you know, Africa as, as these crucibles of black identity, the making of black identity. And it you know there's a, it reminded me of other piece that came out in response to the film by Jelani Cobb about the fictional nature of Wakanda, mm-hmm. and how you know it's it's one thing to call Wakanda a fake country, but every country in Africa is fictional in terms of its national borders, yeah. right? Well, most mm-hmm. anyway, yeah yeah right. well and 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 every right. country right. in the world is a political right. fiction. it's That's not a right. real thing right. exactly right. Right. The, the, right The borders right. are made up right and, mm-hmm. and we we accept certain things as real and other nations as fake. Mm-hmm. and it's something about mm-hmm. you know the 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 way that the blackness in the movie, is really meant to treat black as a country, right? Fine. So if we're all basically part, and this is where I think the the, the signs that people are making, where they're crossing right. their chest with Wakanda, it's like Apollo Theater full of people crossing their chest. <laughs> Everybody's like, we're part
0: of this national. Sorry, and, inter- and the white kids who, who sort of the movement out of Florida, they're all doing this too. Do you notice that? I either? I have not seen they're, that yet. They're, they're, oh. they're, 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 they're all doing this. The, 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 all the, all the doing gun, gun rights folks. Yeah. Um, yes. Students. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so it's it's really powerful, right? Because the they've been upholding the not but it's says a lot about. Yeah, no, it's it's it's. I mean, this is the thing, right? P- po- political, political blackness is is such a thing possible. Um, and the idea that you can have a film that says, you know what, we're not going to get caught. Parsing the American or the African pieces of this because the cast is from Trinidad, the cast is from England, the cast is from South Carolina, and you're just gonna have to buy in right now to everybody being from the same place because we kind of know that's how this works any damn way, right. right? Yeah, um, that's right. And so, it, it, I, I mean, I really appreciate the, the push because it's allowed me to actually say, you know, I had this whole map drawn that i didn't have to like scrap after listening to y'all because it was like, oh, like where does, the, where does the West Indies, the US, UK, West Africa, where, where does like, this all kind of fit in? What's the relationship between these three? And, and or four. And it's like no this is actually a way to say there's a black world. That's right. It's this is a story about the black world. Yes. It's a diaspora. It's a diaspora yes. and 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 if you take the 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 movie on those grounds and it's not as if they're even asking us to somehow take Wakanda versus America it's mm-hmm. like to what extent can black at all be really realized. Exactly. Right? <laughs> okay, I am seeing it now. I'm I'm I'm, 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 learning. I'm learning. And <laughs> learning. And Thanos <laughs> will be too dimensional. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. I, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. it's it, That's why I think this. I think that all the critiques are really important. We talked about this last time we were together. Mm-hmm. But there's a power here mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. is that is that is a sci- that changes the nature of people's thinking. Uh, mm-hmm. Even you know it's not even a conscious thing. Right. It's just being in it. I watched. I was watching the other night. Um, *Cepheus Cinderella*. Oh my. Mm-hmm. You know okay. Who talking okay. about? Yeah, mm-hmm. Okay. So I watched that the other night, and I was like, kind of, whoa. I just <coughs> had to stumble across it. Mm. So I just pulled it up and said, let me watch the whole thing. I was going to go to bed. I said, I can't. i going to watch this. So, and I was just blown away by it. The acting was good.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And it was this interesting story, musical mm-hmm. in many ways. And I thought about how the power in that film, because of the actors in that movie, was segregated and made small mm-hmm. because of the nature of the segregation. And if you take that same power and put it to what we just saw and felt, mm-hmm. how now it's universally explosive. Right.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, there's these connections that are important to make. I think.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: You know that I, did, I didn't think about until I watched that movie. I just stumbled on it. And said I got to see this. So I was just thinking about that in terms of what you all were just saying yeah. about what this thing has meant.
2: I tell you, teaching African American cinema in the last two weeks. Mm. <laughs> wow. Has been an interesting moment because I'm t- you know, I take my students from Oscar Michaud up to Attack the Block, mm-hmm. right? And Luke Cage. <laughs> and they get to sort of see these like changes in moments. And it's been interesting to watch the push pull the students are seeing because they can still read and see some of the archetypes.
3: That's right. You're, right. Because still they're they're here. Here. That's mm-hmm. how they live. Right. That's
2: very archetypes are there, right? But it's been interesting watching the students having new critiques and new ways of actually discussing when they watch a certain movie. Like, oh, so that's the Buck archetype. And then bringing an element of talking about Black Panther into it. And I'm like, look at this, that this film is doing right now to students who are studying African-American cinema Mm -hmm. and how they're looking at these interesting legacies. They're reading these archetypes still, but they're watching and they can see how things have shifted. Mm -hmm. And that's been really helpful. I'm looking forward to actually being able to formally teach the damn thing Mm. (laughs) once it's on DVD. Right,
3: right, right. Well, as long as it's in the theaters, though.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I am bootlegging. I'm getting in trouble. <laughs> I'm not taking Chadwick Boseman's cheddar like that.
1: <laughs> so can I, can I actually raise a, a different point? Yeah, please. Because um, this this is something that that came across the wire um, to me over the last couple of days, and, and it left me feeling a little bit unsettled, which was about the film and you know the the problem of capitalism relative to the film, mm-hmm. yeah. and 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 specifically. Um, I was thinking through, I'm trying to remember exactly how it came up even, but the point is the film is not commercially shown in Haiti. They
2: don't have a theater. We emailed right? about this, yes. right? They don't have a movie theater. They don't have a
1: movie theater. They had this massive theater that got re, that renovated, and then it was you know, closed down. Because apparently there is this problem of not being able to sustain it and there's a problem of underground economy with bootlegging films and people weren't going to the film. I don't know all of the, d- the dots and the details, but I just imagine we talked just, just you know, minutes ago, seconds ago about this kind of global blackness and yet there are still deeply stratified lanes in this thing, right, mm-hmm. where that people aren't getting the film with the same level of ease. You, you have, you know, celebrities mm-hmm. maybe can buy out cinemas and ding, you know, take kids from tough neighborhoods to go see them, but mm-hmm. even at a global level, there's, there's a whole slice of the population that's going to get this in very different ways and we're going to get it, right? right. Um, and so it just, it just made me think a lot about the limitations of this as a genre. <laughs> um, you know, one from the standpoint of just who's able to access the film? Is that Are those things that we should be, you know, concerned about or, or have questions about? And I've been, you know, in course with the few folks that I know who might be able to do something about this to see what would it take to get a screening done in Haiti to get you know outdoor screenings to get subtitles in Creole right to to let the film be able to be shown to the masses that to me is, a, is I think a still powerful and unresolved question about this particular text mm-hmm. um, the other thing is you know this way in which the film Still, does leave a really conservative resolution on the table politically. At the end, at the end, mm-hmm. I think that, that, right. Talk about that I, about about right. what what, what does one like do that. about the problem of global black poverty? Right, right. Um, you know, gentrification and you know, right. running aid through the UN might not be the most revolutionary or even most successful, mm-hmm. um, approach. <laughs> and so, so there, there's a way in which I think the, the question around capitalism, even in the film, is left somewhat unsatisfying. That I think is worth is worthly put on the table.
4: Most
3: definitely. Let's talk
1: about the end of the film for a minute. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think
3: you start because I know you have thoughts, <laughs> and at
2: this point, we shouldn't be spoiling it for
0: people. So. No, <laughs>
2: oh, but we
3: done
1: spoiled we, it already. If you haven't gone to see the movie yet, shame on you, and come back when you're ready. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go to church. Go get to church. Something. Get, get I gotta think that that
0: most people listening to this podcast have seen the movie. I mean, I would think they've seen the movie. I could be wrong. Yeah, but that ending. Was such <laughs> both endings mm-hmm. in the movie? Yeah, mm-hmm. were very disneyfied. Yes. And liberal. Yes. <laughs> right in their approach. Re- mm-hmm. um, it wasn't. I'm going to come in and bring this money here and, re- and and create something that revolutionizes this community. We're going to build a center so the children can go play. <laughs> <laughs> that's important. We want centers for our children to play, but that's not what. Right. That's not, not revolutionary. A, it's not even about wh- when, how have we define that word, revolutionary. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not even about that kind of change, about really
4: mm-hmm. building
0: something unique and different in power. Mm-hmm. It's about giving something for people to, because they need help,
4: mm-hmm.
0: as opposed to creating something where people take control. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And the whole ending of the other thing, back in Wakanda, mm-hmm. I want was like, is that <laughs> <laughs> I mean we, the, another one-armed white man why so they
3: gotta bring the Marvel stories together I know but I'm everybody so much more interested know? in seeing the, the Killmonger develop and there. come
0: back right. to see what happens but that's to me is the, the tension I'm interested right. in Right. You know, and, but it's so, so anyway. That, that, well, the, we, can, we can come back to
1: Bucky in a second. Cause Bucky, cause Bucky, I, I, Bucky's
2: going to play a major role
1: in Infinity War. Yeah, I got real issues with the Bucky character, but we, we can come back to that for a second. The, <laughs> yeah. but, but, but his Bucky, name? Bucky. Bucky Barnes. Bucky Barnes, the Winter Soldier. That's right. Oh, that's I right. Know, okay. I got yeah. more comic. That, that's things. okay. No. There, so, yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I I, 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 I'll just put it out there in terms of the ending, right? The idea that there's going to be a kind of outreach center and a STEM, you know, facility and gentrification of East Oakland, right? That's a problem. That That's insufficient if you have Literally a bottomless pit of money, which is what is in Wakanda. It's a mine, it's <laughs> a hole in the ground right. that has endless right. resources. Right. You should be At able to come on top on.
4: of it
0: You're like it's, <laughs> it's, it's Bill, Bill Gates is African royalty. But, I mean, really,
1: it's, it's like you got trains running through it, you got like really cool statues. Like, you can do something a little more than like buying a tenement building and putting, you know, Unjaka's name on it and being like, we're gonna ride on it. So, so, so that, that I, I find that deeply unsatisfying, especially as an urban historian, knowing what happens when neighborhoods get gentrified, right? Right? Mm. So there's that. The the the, the, <laughs> the the other thing, and this is really important too. And I, I don't want to take us in another direction, but but Bucky Barnes gets to come back because he's Captain America's best friend. Right. And Captain America is considered to be more important than T'Challa. Let's just be very clear about this, mm. right? If you if you watch the trailers for Infinity War, you actually see moments where. You have Captain America. There's three scenes in the the Infinity War trailer Mm -hmm. where T'Challa says, get this man a shield. shield. He's he's like, let me outfit Captain America. Then then Captain America tells T'Challa, it's time to go do the fighting. He's giving orders to the king. And in the third shot is literally all the Avengers running in Wakanda with Captain America in the middle of the shot and T'Challa <laughs> to his left, like, that's his boy. Like, and I'm like, T'Challa's the king of the place, and you got you got Captain he's America side, running point, side, right. you turn T'Challa to the sidekick. Right, that's right, what we're gonna right, get right, in the right. next movie. And I just wanna be very clear about this. We are celebrating Black Panther as a freestanding phenomenon, but Marvel Comics did not expect this to be as big as it is. No, they didn't. Let's, right. they did not. Let, let's be very clear about this. If, if you need to look at the, pro- the promotional videos, yep. how they were talking about the film, this was a bridge film to get you to May, to get Get you to really spend your money on this big budget blockbuster, yep. and it caught everybody by surprise. And, and the way that they shot the optics of the new movie is like, okay, Black Panther they had a little moment in the sun, now it's back to Captain America number one. <laughs> and this is why they brought Bucky in at the end, is like the, the way to let you mm-hmm. know Cap is going to be back on the scene. This is what's going on. Like, we should mm-hmm. pave the way for the leading boy with the gold, the blonde hair to come back. And, th- and this is where I think the black voice is going to be really powerful because they're gonna be like, wait a minute. Maybe we should do more with T'Challa. Maybe we, he should be back. I mean, they can't do anything now because the film's been shot for May, but right. the next go round, they might decide to do a little bit better by this is all yeah. I'm saying.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> we got doubts. So you, you, no, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I, but, I mean, Kim and I were sitting here going, but we don't, <laughs> we gotta more Marvel comic books. That's <laughs> we gotta do. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: but, look, but I but I actually do agree with your analysis of it. Oh I, yeah. I mean it always comes back to whiteness, right? Yeah, it does. Um, Again, and it has to center that as the experience for the moviegoer because we do struggle to see it done any way, any other way, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so we give and in fact, I, I made this argument um recently about how, um, what we see happening in Black Panther with the um, white uh, character, the CIA agent, yeah, right? That, agent um, Ross, yeah. That, you know... We make him look as silly as he does so that it creates a space for T'Challa to be seen as a king. Interesting. The same Interesting. thing is what we did with The Princess and the Frog, where we made <sighs> mm-hmm. Charlotte look like a bumbling idiot who was blonde hair, blue eyed, right. so that we can make way for Tiana mm. to say, mm-hmm. this is who we should look at even if it's just in this film we should look at that individual as worthy of the princess status or the king status mm. but that will easily shift largely because with right. princess tiana it didn't have the same kind of blockbuster power right. that black panther has
1: and she was a frog for most of that and movie and she was a frog for
3: 87 minutes Ooh. of a 95 minute film oh you counted it okay oh absolutely absolutely Gosh. so so but my point is at the end of the day, it still has to center back on whiteness. So we have to make both of those characters look so buffoonish that clearly we will take the black Mm. body in this Mm. instance. Mm. However, we're going to come right back to centering whiteness. So what we did with the princess and the frog is Princess Tiana disappears and the next very um, princess that we bring to the table is Rapunzel
1: Rapunzel
3: with... Tangled right. and the long, the long blonde, blonde hair, hair and blue right. eyes,
1: Extra right? Blonde. Extra long. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. we're
3: doing the same thing of what you are suggesting yeah. in terms of what happens with Captain America. It's not bad. We yeah. will put we will reposition it so that we are then able to retain and bring back the white audience, but hopefully because of all of these black folks that showed up at Black Panther, they'll also be <sighs> at Captain America.
2: But I also want to just add in the fact that we have to understand the place of where the Infinity War is in the Marvel Universe. Mm. It is the swan song for Tony Stark. It is the swan song for Captain America. And Captain America is not Captain America when we see him. He is the nomad. Mm -hmm. He has given up. His identity as mm-hmm. Captain America. And mm-hmm. he's like based in Wakanda, and he's like, he and Bucky just like, you grew, know what? Grew
1: a beard and everything, he grew a beard and he right? he's just like, whatever. They're smoking I, that weed in the jungle. <laughs> weed,
4: hanging out with like, <laughs> just, he just doing what he's doing.
2: Reminiscing on the
1: 40s. Right? So like, you know, White back, back when life was good and we could just do
2: the swing dancing, right? He's like, <laughs> so you also, the story itself is being positioned as the last story of this particular set of Marvel characters. So it makes sense that it would recenter Captain America mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and recenter Tony Stark and recenter that mm-hmm. because it ends their reign to open it up for the next set of Black Panther movies and Ant-Man and Wasp and da 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 and this whole new second tier, this whole new tier of 10 years of the Marvel the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. So I completely agree with your assessment mm-hmm. and they're gonna have to rethink, you know, this mm-hmm. idea they're going to have to understand the power of T'Challa and mm-hmm. that he carried more cultural weight than mm-hmm. they thought he was going mm-hmm. to carry mm-hmm. the kingdom
1: has spoken right yeah. <laughs> we, we said uh uh-uh, uh no we need that however
2: it makes it makes sense to me in this particular movie that this is the move that's being made move, because yeah. of where it sits in the MCEU mm-hmm. and where it's the swan song for these particular characters so if you
0: take if you think about this in terms of of the capitalist world mm-hmm. and where the money goes yeah. right so the film made about four hundred ninety some million dollars,
1: just in the U.S. The global things are in excess of seven hundred million. Right. Yeah. So, and if you look
0: at the American audience, thirty-seven percent of this week's audience was at black, thirty-five mm. percent was white, mm-hmm. which was a switch over the opening night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If, that's mm-hmm. what it was. Usually, for superhero movies, the, the uh, black audience is at fifteen percent <laughs> for most movies. Fifteen percent. <laughs> so this is like a huge leap. Mm-hmm. Uh. I forget the exact percentage of women who see superhero here, I think it was like 20-some percent of the audience in most of these kind of movies are women. In this movie, it was 45% wow.
1: mm-hmm.
0: of the people seeing see the movie. So this, for capitalists make b- backing films, this says a lot. Mm-hmm. This is a paradigm shift for them and their profits. It is. Where they want to think they're going. Mm-hmm. And so the question is what happens with that?
4: Is they're making
2: something? a theme. They're making a themed ride.
0: I saw that too. Black Black, a, Black, Panther, the Black ride
4: Panther Ride
2: at Disney World. At Disney World. <laughs> <God> <laughs> mercy.
4: <Okay, so laughs> we already
3: that, see what this What else going. did y'all expect? <laughs> huh? yeah, yeah, what else did we expect? It's true. It's right. true. I expect that from Disney. Yeah. Mm.
0: But what? So, so here is the confluence of the power of capitalism, mm. which is universal on this planet,
4: mm-hmm.
0: um, and backing this film. Mm. Now they've seen this film explode in ways I don't think they expected it to explode. Mm -hmm. And you're seeing that in a world right now where blackness and the fight around race and racism is exploding across this country and across the globe. Mm
4: -hmm. And what does
0: the confluence of those two two things mean Mm. in the context of this film and what comes next? Right. Right? And it's also about women because women are the center of this movie.
2: Exactly. And they
0: learned the lesson from Wonder Woman. And they got more w- w- women heroes coming out mm-hmm. as well, right? So it, I mean, so this is this is so so. What does what does this mean in the context of this, the, the capitalist world we're in and the confluence of these social and political moments that we're also in? That was made in some ways manifested itself in the audience of this movie. Where does that take us, you think?
2: Mm. I feel like it takes us. In uh, many different ways that I it find, is an uh, that in I find many ways, no, seriously, right, that right, I right, really right. find troubling, because we know that these are capitalist vehicles. Mm. We know <laughs> that these are vehicles to push product. I know that next summer I'm going to see. Fruit with a picture of T'Challa on it, just like <laughs> I saw Captain Phasma on Bananas, mm, right, mm, when Star mm. Wars came out, right, right, right? right, 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 right. <laughs> on yeah. Dole Bananas. Mm. Right. We know that it's going to be used in these ways, and it feels disgusting.
3: Mm, absolutely.
2: It feels disgusting. But what do you do to harness that power at this moment, right? What does black... What does the black creative class do with this moment is what I think about, Mm -hmm. right? Because these actors can parlay themselves into other work. We have Lupita and Denai doing Americana, coming up with a miniseries on Americana. We have all of these other ways that the power and the capital, the money that's coming out of this vehicle and the fame and the recognition is propelling, is going to and continues to propel Black, the bl- black creatives to do more. We have an industry that'll actually maybe fund more black filmmakers, like more Ryan Cooglers, more female filmmakers and action stars and action sequences. So I think that the place where it gets less icky to me is the fact that it opens up a space for the for black cultural workers to be able to do more work and have more control over more work. We can go and see that wrinkle in time and see what happens and that that can only helpfully combat some elements of the yuckiness that is capitalism.
1: Mm. <laughs> mm. I mean, so so, so the um I, I, I was stumbling on, on social media and came across this video of, of, of all-time great Oscar speeches. And, you know, they, they had two of them there. One was by Cuba Gooding Jr. Uh-huh. and one was by Halle Berry.
2: Cuba, now, that's the one he did the break dance when he came out.
1: Right. And, and, and it made me think, too, about Monique and other actors who have gotten critical acclaim... But then not being able to parlay it mm. into oh, yeah. things, right? Like, where's Halle's career going post Oscar? Where's, where's Cuba's, Cuba's cur- mm-hmm. career going post Oscar? Monique ways. is basically blackballed at this point, trying to wage a, 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 a kind of social movement about mm-hmm. disparities in salaries um, for black actors and actresses, and you know, I, I worry about the extent to which. You know, the actors in this film will, in fact, be able, will Winston Duke be able to play a character that's really complicated? You know, mm-hmm. the guy who played M'Baku, he's a phenomenal actor, mm-hmm. clearly, right? Um, Denai Guerrero and Lupita and so forth. Um, you know, I don't know if we're going to be able to see this turn the corner in a way that's meaningful. And, and there's something about this that I think is worth noting, which is that fantasy is one thing. History is something else, right? And when you start mm-hmm. making films that are about the Haitian Revolution, Harriet Tubman, Ida B. Wells, I think, I mean, th- those, those three subjects alone should be trilogies, right? With, with massive budgets, you know, $200 million a piece, you can do a ton of things, you know, just on, on that. Um, think about, you know, the way in which Hollywood is going to be okay with A Wrinkle in Time or Black Panther or even get out to a degree because those are fictional treatments. But mm-hmm. if, unless we're able to turn that corner and say, you know what, at what point can we get top dollar top production value top actors to to fund the kinds of work that aren't just about re- representing Black people, but also representing Black history, representing Black culture, in, in terms of things that actually happen. I don't know if we'll ever get to that point where we will get a two hundred million dollar trilogy treatment of the Haitian Revolution, for instance, mm-hmm. right? Like, and 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 that says something about. I can't the, even
0: get Taylor Branch's pro- <laughs> project off the ground at HBO on on
1: the on his Part of the Waters series. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Exactly. Right? So you, you can't bank Martin Luther a king. Who can who can you bank? Right. I mean, <laughs> seriously. So so I, I, again, I just I just I just feel like. Like, if there's anything that that this moment helps us to remember and at least to think about going forward is that we should be able to try to apply pressure as much as possible to you know, studios to the industry to make the kind of films that we want and, and, and I don't think we should trust the creatives in Hollywood or the, or the big hats and the executives in Hollywood to just be able to read the tea leaves and say you know what there's a formula here we're going to go ahead and continue to invest in it. I don't I don't think they're going to do that on their own I think they're happy dabbling in, in comic book stuff or in, in fictional material but I don't know if we'll be able to get dramas and more ground I think you
2: stuff. have to also uh, remember that when Hollywood is losing dollars that's when it gives money to the outliers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. when it makes spaces for, for those voices, stories, for, for those voices stories. to happen. And Hollywood yep. is still losing money.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, but I think I think it's going to create. I mean, <laughs> the, and the good the, the, the good news about something like that. The good news about that is that maybe you'll get more Ryan Cooglers making Fruitvale. Yeah. But I don't know if you'll get you know again the kind of the. Mm-hmm. the turning but will the
3: Fruitvale have the same kind of following as the Black Panther? Right. Mm-hmm. Right? right. I mean, because I saw both of those. Yeah. And I saw Creed as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But which one? seem to have the same kind of following. Right. And I would say that the fictional definitely drew us in a lot quicker than oh, yeah. what Fruitfield offered us, right? Yeah. Even though both were well done. Yeah, um, right. And so some of it, my pushback on that is some of that we have to take as a responsibility mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. what we have decided to invest our dollars in. Where yeah. we're going to go. Where yeah. we're going to go, what we want to see. I mean, it was just, what, a few months ago that... Um, um, uh, Thurgood, the Thurgood Marshall movie right. was Chabot out. Boseman, right, Bozeman, right, same mm-hmm. actor, yeah. um, So right. did yeah. we mm-hmm. see the same kind of following right. for that right. as a real-life story right. of the first African-American Supreme Court justice that we're seeing for Black Panther? The answer is clearly no. Right. And right. so what does that say about us as audiences sure. Sure. that we also have to take some of the burden and not just talk about what Hollywood right. is not offering, but what are we saying mm-hmm. about what we value and what we want to see on yeah. big screen? indeed.
0: I mean, most dramas that are about history or historical figures don't play as well in terms of numbers and money mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as fictionalized stories.: In do. general, right. Romance stories or mm. true or 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 these superhero movies or whatever that is. They just never play as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that, to your points, that this would be a, a huge leap forward if this actually results. In people being right. able to make the movies we're talking about, right. even if the audience is nowhere near as massive as an audience for Black Panther or any of the Marvel things or any of the romantic comedies that come out, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? I mean, because that's what people lean towards anyway. Right? Mm-hmm. People want to escape. Right. So yep. they go to movies to escape. Mm-hmm.
2: And so much that's, critique that young people have about movies is just like, do I have to see another movie that's about slavery? Right. Do I have to see another movie that's about well, that's segregation? Not critique too, do though. I want to <laughs> da 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 da? I want to see a fantasy where there is a king of a fictional ta- fictional country that's kicking someone's butt, mm-hmm. right? So,
0: but there's yeah. other films. So, but certain works come out and they have an effect and an impact on society and thinking. Even if they aren't seen by masses of people, right? Yes. right? Mm-hmm. So those changes do make. I mean, they make a difference in they some do. ways. They so, do. So, so you know, we can only expect so much. True. You know, and um, uh, I, th- 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 f- from what people want to go see. So, may, but I think maybe this could be the t- tipping point. You forget that the people who are in this film, are the the, the actors. Some of the actors, the leading actors, the director, writers, mm-hmm. are going to make a ton of money on this movie. Mm-hmm going to make a ton of money in this movie. I mean, so there's all kinds of options if people want to take it that could begin to open up doors. Right. You know. And I think that there's something could shift. Maybe that's my optimistic end of myself, you know. I mean, sure, because I have so much pessimism. <laughs> 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 I can I can times. But but so I think this, you know, it's it's hard to say. I think this is uh, this could be a game changer in that sense. You know? Um, I don't know.
1: It's a good movie.
2: We still don't talk about the political resolution. In the film,
4: though.
1: Yeah. The what? (laughs) The 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 UN piece? We started talking about the UN piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
2: the gentrification of Oakland and Killmonger's passing and all of those things. I guess that's a a bigger
0: ball. It's huge. To answer and talk about. I mean... (laughs) That's the debate people are having all the place about who killed Killmonger versus Chala. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who do we look to? <laughs> yeah. Why do we look to them? Yeah.
4: Uh-huh.
1: But
0: then the, the problem with that argument sometimes is, then we start focusing on them instead of the women. Uh-huh.
1: Right. That was, that, that was, that was Robin yeah. Spencer's argument um, in her piece about the, the treatment of women in the commentary about the film. Like the film had, had actually done a really good job mm-hmm. creating developed female characters, and, and the hand wringing really did resolve around the, the conflict between the men. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it goes without saying that the film has done a tremendous service to the depiction of women of color on screen in, in a variety of different ways. Um, yeah, and I think that that's, that's a powerful contribution. I think that will be a durable contribution going forward. Um, but, you know, I don't know if, there, if there's a way to re—how do I put this? To develop a deeper sense of satisfaction among skeptical audiences by pointing to the women, like people who are uh, uncomfortable with Killmonger and h- the way he was treated or seemingly treated, can you make them comfortable by pointing to Nakia or to Shuri? Like, is there a way to silence a critique by focusing on the women? I don't know. Well, women still have a hard way to go no matter which way it goes.
0: Yeah. Right? I mean, that's, that's part of this. Where the discussion always goes is to the men mm-hmm. when, when the power is so many people talk about coming out of the movies is, is the women. Are the women, Mm -hmm. and what it did to young women who are going to see the movie, teenagers and the tweens, and what they see when they see these powerful women on the Mm -hmm. screen—you know, scientists, warriors, brilliant minds—to me, it just confirms what I know about black women. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: It confirms Mm -hmm. how I feel about myself and every other black woman I (laughs) encounter. No, no new information there. No new information. (laughs) Like there was no new information. Just confirmation. I was just like, that's just confirmation (laughs) of how I wake up in the morning.
3: (laughs) And such a powerful confirmation Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. those that may not know that about themselves, right? Right. So when we talk black girl magic,
2: there it is. Like you want to see black girl magic, there.
3: There it is. Right there. Yeah. Yeah. They're the
2: scientists. They're the warriors. Mm -hmm. They're the ones kicking common sense into people's faces. Mm -hmm. And And
3: at the same time, they also nurture you. And they also nurture, right? Like that becomes a part of, not solely, not centrally, but that that becomes a part of who we are and what we do. Mm -hmm. And I think that's even more powerful um, is is being able to see um, the king's mom you know, still playing the role of nurturing her Mm. adult children. But yet we also see so many other women and what their power, like how that power gets expressed. Mm -hmm. So the only power is not the black woman who gives birth, but that power gets manifested in all these other ways of demonstrating what our brilliance is and being able to see that on the big screen for our children.
2: And I love how the fact, I love the fact that in Wakanda, it is taken as a given that black women are powerful and they show up in a multitude of ways. And I think if you're gonna look at Wakanda and we're gonna look at this story as a diasporic understanding of blackness, I think that that's a beautiful thread to put out in the world.
4: Mm.
0: Yes, no, I think that, and I was reading that, in one of the critiques I was reading from, uh, from where the, he was from, it was called an African critique. Mm. Didn't like the movie at mm. all. Didn't like it at all? No, oh. thought it was an anti- a, a
1: colonialist point of view of Africa. Mm. Representation minus history, right? right. It, make, it makes people really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I wondered. But, but what difference would it make if you placed Wakanda in, as Nigeria if you just if you just owned it. You said just call it Congo, and like what what changes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know.
0: So um, I think this is look, This has been great, and I think that um, we should do round three sometime. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I do. I know. Can't get enough. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, no, I mean, yeah, you know, uh-huh, well, you, you know, we can. Another <laughs> one, two, three, and I think that. Um, you know, I, I, you're gonna see it. We're well, gonna see it again, right? Yeah, I'm seeing it. You're tomorrow. gonna see it again. I, yeah, definitely need to see it again. I'm gonna see it. This I've weekend. seen it twice, but I need a third, third <laughs> go. Yeah, I yeah, got I gotta, I gotta, I gotta <laughs> go see it again. Um, and just, and I really want to kind of fall into it, and I also want to read a ton more that I've been reading and thinking yeah. about this, and finish
1: my writing on it,
0: mm. and then come back and and pick up some pieces.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the the the, the thing to keep watching, um, as, as we were talking about, is. What will the studios do? What will the uh, yeah. directors do? What will the actors be able to, to do and get, and get approved in the wake of this? That's I mean, that's going to be obviously years in the making before you ever really know. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think, I think the genie's out of the bottle in a lot of ways, for sure.
3: And what else will be interesting to see that's years in the making is how does this possible particular piece of art impact representation and how mm-hmm. um, children look upon themselves. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: Yeah. I think this, is be t- this will deeply affect the lives of not only the children of the diaspora, but other children around them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, uh, and t- to the extent that those children, children mm-hmm. of color, are respected in mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah. mm-hmm. space. Yeah. It's be a, I think it's going to have an effect. I really mm. do I mean that's, that's, these things happen These, these cultural moments Mean a lot
2: But what am I gonna do If I go to Awesome Con At the end of this month And there's a white boy Dressed up like Black
1: Panther You gotta take that I'm <laughs> not just gonna have to like, <laughs> You gotta take to, that I'm gonna have to suck it up yeah. And be like, <laughs> you gotta, Is oh. he
3: in Is he in the Black um, Panther costume Or is he walking around With the swag of T'Challa or Which is, one is Is he in uh, Blackface yeah. Blackface right, right, we right, know right. Is always <laughs> wrong. Let's <laughs> 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 be clear It's
1: Always wrong. I'm, I'm be monitoring, and I'll <laughs> let y'all know. Y'all
0: gonna hear about Y'all gonna hear. Thank y'all. Thank Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our podcast. This program was produced and edited by Calvin Perry with assistance from our intern Nora Belvidia. You can download the podcast and more at stanishow.org and on iTunes or on your favorite podcasting app. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for The Mark Steiner Show. And please let us know what you think. Write me at marksteinershow.org. We'll be back in a couple more days with a brand new podcast.